Hello, everyone. Josh Neighbors here at Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Today it is the 16th of October, 2022. It is Sunday, and we have a recap of the weekend's action in the Big 12. TCU takes pole position in the league with a recovery, comeback, double overtime win over Oklahoma State. Texas gets by Iowa State. Oklahoma picks up their first Big 12 win of the season. A lot to get to, although just three games on Saturday. It's coming up next. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Make sure you guys subscribe to this channel. Please, please, please do so. Next target, 2,500 for us. We're above 2,300 right now. Target is 2,500, hopefully by the end of October. Help us get there. Subscribe. Basically six days a week of Big 12 content coming your way if you all subscribe to Locked On Big 12 Podcast and become part of our community. Um, make sure you follow us on Twitter too, at LOBig12. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. The college football always delivers, guys. I mean, it's it's absolutely insane when you watch like every single weekend. And, you, you know, if you're invested in the way that a lot of us are invested we always talk about the Big 12 in context of the rest of college football. And we've had these greater conversations about leagues like this, right? Pac-12, Big 12, Super Leagues in, in context of the Big 10, the SEC. And um, those leagues always deliver too. But, like, it's so great we talk about just the football across the board. Like, it's not always just about the college football playoff. And I wanted to expand so we can talk more about it and more about this league in it and all the other leagues involved in it. But – like, once again, yesterday was a reminder, wall-to-wall -wall action. I mean, whether it's Illinois beating Penn State, right, and Illinois beating Penn State, Illinois beating Minnesota and solidifying themselves in the West. There's Tennessee getting the win over Alabama in the scenes, absolute scenes that we saw there. Uh, I mean, you can go any other direction you want to go. And, you know, TCU recovering, rallying in front of that crowd in Fort Worth at home, the Dome rocking, you know, for Syracuse to get that win. Uh, you know, Utah, I mean, what a performance and what a fun game that one was on the late night. Utah drops Lincoln Riley and UCLA, or USC rather, after some questionable play calling clock management for Lincoln Riley. Spectacular, spectacular. Great day. Love football. I'll watch pro football today. It's Sunday when I'm recording this. Um, not even close to what, it, to what it, you know, what we get, we have in the college game. It's, it's just not, it's just not close. So, and it gets us to yesterday's action, man. I, I mean, this league, if you put a game up on the marquee in this league, it delivers. Which game do we prop up last week, right? Which game do we say was going to be the big one? Well, last week we said the big game was going to be TCU in Kansas. And oh boy, did that one deliver. This week, TCU gets the shot against Oklahoma State at home. And good Lord, did this one deliver. It delivered in a different kind of way, though. TCU. Just the resolve. They had to fight and fight and chip and scratch and claw. And look, Oklahoma State goes up early. And the one thing that we've seen in this league across the board, in my opinion, is that when teams, th there's no dominant force in this league. And th there's a lot of really good teams is part of the reason why. And I don't think there's there's any great, great teams is also the reason why. It's the reason why TC is undefeated, but they've had to, you know, they had to get by Kansas and get by Oklahoma State the way they did. You know, Oklahoma State was in control of the Baylor game, right? But but that was touch and go at times. 
you think Texas is playing really well after they thump Oklahoma last week. Well, guess what? This week, Iowa State gave them that challenge, and they weren't great, and we'll get to that game in a little bit here. Oklahoma State, you know, another one of those teams, takes the lead in this game and just can't close it out because, A, you know, number one, uh, TCU, they did a good enough job. At number two, just a just little bit better. They need to be a little bit better, especially in the offensive execution. Those field goals in the second half needed to be touchdowns to put that distance between, at least the distance I thought that should have been there at that point in time between them and a TCU. And that's the great thing about this league. That's why these games are going to deliver all of the time is because we have a lot of really good teams in this league that when they play their A game or their B game, their, you know, whatever the mixture is at different parts of the game, it's going to match up well. Uh, I was really impressed with TC. Obviously, you know, it's fun. You want an overtime to walk off, whatever. I've talked about this. I think TCU at times gets away from their running game. And I felt like in the first half, they did a little bit of that uh, at, at moments. I thought in the second half, they, they stepped up that part of their game, uh, but they didn't fully abandon it in this game. They really didn't. They kept at it. They ran 43 times for 5.2 yards per pop. And this passing offense really struggled in the first half. I mean, they were not finishing drives at times they were just weren't you know straight up just were not moving the football uh it felt like as well as as well as they should have been in that first half I mean that first drive you know the first drives them punt punt and they had a touchdown um they had another punt turnover on downs a field goal another field goal I mean you know it was it was they were not getting all the way down the field and here's the big thing too they were not hitting as many explosive plays they had one passing play of 30 plus yards or more in this game and that's something that we saw. I mean, we, you know, then it was Kansas defense, but they lighted up in that category. I thought Oklahoma State did a really good job. And I think the defense does a pr- generally does a pretty good job of this at times is keeping stuff in front of them. I think they do a very good job of that. Uh, I thought Derek Mason's team did a good job of that today in limiting. But once they got later in the game, TC used, you know, TC in that second half, a uh, field goal, punt, touchdown, punt, touchdown, punt. I mean, you know, they, they were um, – they it didn't feel like they really took off. It didn't feel like they really took off. Their defense had to get those stops. This, you know, this wasn't them like full on chase down mode uh, against uh, Oklahoma State until the very end. That's when they chased them down. It was a chase down block. LeBron James type stuff there. Quick word from our sponsors on today's show. Today's Locked On Big Twelve podcast is brought to you by Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over four million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. I know because Simply Safe is in my home. They will protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24/7 professional monitoring and agents who always have your back. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on college to save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Once again, visit simplysafe.com slash locked on college to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. And so this is what it felt like. It felt like, man, if Oklahoma State, especially in that third quarter, could have put a touchdown on the board or two on those field goal drives. Um, we would be talking about a, a different result here. We would have been talking about okay, a game that they ended up winning. I mean, that those first two drives, the second half for them, 
the field goal where they make it 27 to 13. TCU comes back as a field goal. Then Oklahoma State, 11 plays, 60 yards, field goal to make it 30 to 16. We're talking about a, a touchdown there. It's a three score game, it's a different situation. Right, and they follow that up with a punt, an interception after that, another punt, another punt, and then the end of game. They did score 10 points in overtimes, but that offense just stalled out for them. And look, I, I, uh, I'm i not a huge excuses guy, but I know Oklahoma State's been banged up. You know, I, I flipped my pick. I said, oh, Spencer Sanders is out because I thought this game, you guys heard of my analysis on Friday. I thought this game was firmly on his shoulders. That was all on him. And a lot of it was on him, and he was making a lot of plays in that first half, y'all. He was making a lot of really impressive plays, in my opinion, that first half. Um, Whether that caught up to him or caught up the whole team, they've been banged up in the secondary, wide receivers banged up, um, you know, Spencer Sanders banged up. I mean, it's it's been a it's been rough for them, but it, it happens to everybody, right? Chandler Morris went out. Obviously, Max Duggan's been amazing, so it's better off they did. But like that's just you get what I'm saying here. There are injuries for all of these teams as we get into the meat and potatoes of the schedule. So the fact they couldn't put this thing away, that I think was frustrating. They put away the Baylor game. I know Blake Shaven had the ball a chance and they threw the interception late in the game, whatever, but it felt like that game was put away-ish later in that game. Let it hang around for too long, in my opinion, but they ended up putting that game away. Not able to put this game away, and because of that, TC was able to catch up. They get the big touchdown drive there in the end of the game. Um, you know, towards the back end of the game to also impressive too. I mean, eight plays, 94 yards, they go down the field and they score a touchdown. This TCU team, we just have to call it like it is. They have such variety on offense that it's going to make it really hard to keep them down, especially if their offensive line is playing to this quality level, right? They've elevated their game. Did a good job. Once again, 5.4 a pop yesterday against – or 5.2 a pop, rather, on the, on the ground against what's been a really stout rush defense for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. And, look, when you've got Kendra Miller, who went for 22 for 104 and two scores yesterday, and Duggan, who's effective in the running game. And then you added – I mean, the, the wide receivers, you know, they, they hit Tay Barber. They hit uh, Jared Wiley yesterday. Savion Williams, obviously, is speedster as well. Darius Davis, five catches for eight yards – and then you add in the big gun, Quentin Johnston, right? And he's and he and Max Duggan have excellent chemistry. When you add that in with the offensive line play, um, and I undersold this being the season, it's really spectacular to watch what they can do on offense. When you've got the minds of Riley, you've got the mind of Sonny Dykes, you've got the, the caliber of player and the experience that they have and the speed they have and the athleticism they have. We knew they had these kind of players last year, just didn't culminate at all. And the fact that it's the same quarterback as last year where it didn't culminate as well, and it's culminating this way, um, you know, once again, I think it reaffirms that, that TCU and Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah Donati made the right move coaching-wise when they did. So this game, I'm not taking too much from Oklahoma State. This is kind of a team that I thought they were. They're, they're really good. Actually, they're better than I thought at the beginning of the season. Um, that defense hugging there for as long as they could, the, the dam just broke for them and they could not put them away. And you could just feel it, it was getting closer and getting closer. And, and, and the pokes were it felt like they were in control of this game for a while, but TCU's late push, the late charge from the Horn Frogs. That's just what they can do because this thing is, I mean, there's a lot of trust there. You can tell in a short amount of time, there's a whole lot of trust. There's a whole lot of belief. 
Um, and if, you know, they can do things like force turnovers or whatever, once again, the defense, not excellent. Defense is not excellent for them at all. But if they can do things like force turnovers, they can get special teams plays together, which they didn't really in the game. Uh, they can do that kind of stuff. You know, this team is is going to, I mean, it's going to be really difficult to beat them. It's going to be really, really hard to beat them. Do I think they lose a the game? Sure. Yes. But they got a quarterback playing with a ton of confidence. And I felt like he wasn't super confident in the first half. You got the, basically the, you know, Zach Randolph to use a, uh, to uh, use a basketball analogy. I mean, Quentin Johnston posts up like Zebo and then hits the jets like Russell Westbrook, right? This guy, I love the way that they talked about yesterday too. And I mentioned this last week, he love, he does not mind having his back to defensive players. Some guys get a little nervous when they make that turn, right? Sometimes they drop the football. Well, you know, when you crowd a guy like that, we saw Kansas crowd him some last week. He catches that football. He turns, you slide by, or you, you try to tackle him when his, when his back's, you just got a great sense how to catch that ball, how to turn around and get going. And they've decided like once they've gotten to conference play now, this is when you feed the big dog, man. This is when you get after, I mean, 12 receptions in those first three games, right? Three for 29, two for 22, three for 22. All right. Oklahoma. Four for 41. So a little bit uptick, but still not. He also didn't need it in that game. Needed against Kansas, needed against Oklahoma State. In the last two games, 22 receptions. So 11 receptions per game and a total of 386. 386 receiving yards and a touchdown on each one of those. That guy's he is, I mean, he's, you know, not the straw that stirs a drink. He is just such a force that you can feed in so many situations to get things done. And also give him a lot of attention towards the gold line. You can get the ball, you know, get the ball to other guys as well. What a pivotal player he is the reason why he's so high. So this game delivered guys, my opinion of each team does not drop off at all. In fact, it's elevated TCU, the rally at home. I mean, I think they showed how they're beatable right in this game, but also they show that, look, you got to put us away. (laughs) You better put us away or else we're coming back and we're going to finish. And they finished the job in this game. I mean, do not get a twist. They finished this game strong with the way uh, you know they did in the end. So God will give them a lot of credit. Um, and we'll talk more and more about this big 12 title race as, as we go forward. Texas gets by Iowa state this, you know, you wanted to see Texas continue playing their best ball. They did not in this game. I, I think maybe just, this is the case now, you know, talk about tough out. Like Iowa state's just going to be brutal to beat four straight games. They have lost. By a combined 14 points, just absurd. Look, let's look at the end of this game. I mean, this game came out of one play for me, that drop. And I know we had the fumble down there with Hunter Deckers. I understand that. I understand that was a big, a big, a big storyline we're talking about. There's, there's debate whether he was down or not. One more word from our sponsors on today's show. Today's Locked On Big 12 podcast is brought to you by BetOnline and BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for football betting this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline and betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. 
Bet online, it's where the game starts. Uh, you got to catch that football if you're Xavier Hutchinson, man. I mean, he's just one of the best players in this league, and it sucked to watch him drop that football wide open. He jumps and catches it. I think it's like the 12-yard line when he drops it. And to have a guy who's had such a season like that and have Iowa State who's just battling, 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 coming up short, a defense that is playing phenomenal football, to have them you know, go out like that and to lose like that is just really difficult. Um, Texas, on the other hand, like I was disappointed in this game, very much disappointed with how they played. Once again, it's a really good Iowa State team. It's a very good Iowa State team. But they were not clean to start off uh, this game by any by any stretch of the imagination. Um, they're not clean later on in this game by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, a missed field goal followed by a punt, followed by a turnover on downs, eventually get the two touchdowns going into the half to get up 14 to seven. But like this is this was not, you know, super clean when it comes down to how Texas got this job done. And they look, they started to get it going a little bit in the second half. I like the way they ran the football too. They made that a priority. And the thing about when I watch, you know, Bijan went 28 for 135 and 4.8 carry, it's not tremendous. But to watch him in this game, to navigate a defense that was that good, the stopping and the starting is what gets you. The, the He spins, right? You know, he, he kind of twirls away, you know, his way forward and keeps rolling, keeps rocking forward. I mean, the numbers uh, per carry thing are not going to be amazing in the end. But they have relied on him a lot more um, – a lot more due to how the quarterback situations played out and the way their schedule has played out to arrive at where they are right now. They've gotten themselves at this point in the season now to five and two, right? So they have as many wins as they had last year. They've snapped losing streaks against Oklahoma, which was four and Iowa state, which was three. Okay. Good. Very good. Um, if they're, they're going to start going, the, the big game hunting for them in this conference begins next week. And I am very curious to see how that goes for them. Is this one of those losses that was more an indication of who they are? Or, or you know, because now, guys, here it is for them. At Oklahoma State, at Kansas State, TCU, at Kansas, Baylor is the rest of their schedule. Big game hunting in the next three. You have that loss to Texas Tech early on. You know, you suffer one more, and um, depending on who it is, too, it, it could knock you out of the Big 12 title race, right? So we have to question, is this team elevating? Was this just a tough win against, uh, you know, a tough win against a very stout team in defense, and you didn't play your best ball but by hook or by crook, you got it done? Or is this showing us that they're not the 49-0 team? They're not the 38-20 team. With the, it was the dominant 38-20 over West Virginia. They were not the second half UTSA team. They're more towards the first half or a combination of both in the game. I mean, Texas is still ironing these things out right now. And that's what makes me think that, look, they'll, you know, at Oklahoma State, I actually have not seen the, let's see if we can get an early line on that game next week. But uh, they'll be in the wheelhouse of being favorites, I think, moving forward here just because they're Texas and their talent level. And we're seeing the capability for them. Not seeing a line yet on ESPN. I'll, I'll look at our friends at Bet Online here, um, you know, and have that for you guys tomorrow. But yeah, I think I think this win, like I'm kind of crushed for Iowa State to be honest. Really difficult for them. Hunter Decker's had some gutsy moments, and I think he's coming along, and they need to get him some more help. Um, that was a big kind of observation from this game. And Texas, it's all just kind of there. It's like we mentioned with Oklahoma State and, and TCU, like 
All of these teams are very beatable. They also have ceilings where you're like, oh my God, right? The run for TCU at the end of the game there yesterday. Uh, and I mean like the run of points and they finished off the game, right? The comeback. The way Oklahoma State got up against Baylor and got up against TCU. The way Texas looked against Oklahoma and that first part of the game that really mattered against West Virginia. You know, trying to figure out who these teams are going to be on a quarter-by-quarter -quarter basis is so difficult. You see it there with Texas. The reason why you want to back the Longhorns is for the amount of talent that they have. But it makes a lot of sense from where they were last year. It's not coalesced all the way. Yeah, they flipped it. I mean, now, you know, as opposed to five and seven last year, they're now five and two, seven games into this year. But are they all the way to nine and three? Are they 10 and two? Or are they eight and four, seven and five? And they come up short here. I think you saw elements of both. So maybe not full on disappointing, I guess, is the right way. Like, you know, Kansas State, like last week, I, I took some heat for saying the performance, you know, was like, on, whatever. Like, I, I feel very much about, about, you know, the, the same way with Texas performances. A lot of good, a lot of bad. I mean, late in the game, we had Xavier Hudson running wide open, right? It's a gigantic problem. And they had to force a questionable turnover at the end of the game to get it done. Congrats for doing that. But, like, you know, it's it, tenuous, tenuous at home against a team that right now looks like it's going to be the la it is last place team in the Big 12. It's the only team right now, I believe, in the league that has not won a Big 12 game just yet. West Virginia got on the board the other day with their victory. Um, and so, yeah, and the only team that's 0-4 right now is the Iowa State Cyclones in the league. And I mean, once again, it's 14 points in the last four games, so the margins are pretty thin. But um, yeah, a lot of questions on on that front for both of these teams. I mean, Matt Campbell, they feel so close. And I, I don't think it's a very good team, uh, to, to be quite honest. Like, the defense is really good. They have one playmaker on offense who's, who streaks out a lot. I think Silas had a nice game, whatever. Um, that That's the problem for them. It's just they've, they've got such a far way to go. And Texas is like – Part of it's there, part of it's not. Uh, and figuring out a play-by-play -play basis, a quarter-by-quarter -quarter basis, is the challenge for them right now. But it's it's going to make it exciting. It's going to make it very exciting. Oklahoma gets their mojo back against Kansas. Well, not on defense, but here's the thing. Like Oklahoma won this game to show you kind of where this league is. They couldn't fully get rid of Kansas. Kansas puts up 42 points in this game. They lose the game by 10. I took Kansas plus 10 on the day of. Um, I went 3-0-1 last week, folks, 0-3 this week. And, I mean, we had some close calls, right? Uh, Iowa State covered pretty comfortably. But that, that uh, the, the, you know, Kansas near miss, TCU flipped that thing around, right? And, that, you know, that, that ends up being a, a kind of near miss in some ways. Um, I, I, yesterday I took the points plus Oklahoma State. Should have stayed that direction. Because, you know, I, I give you guys picks on Friday where I'm leaning. Saturday morning is where everything crystallizes. Make sure you guys follow me on Twitter at Josh Neighbors underscore. That's where I make the picks for each week. 13, 13, and one right now in the year 500. Showed you kind of how you know, strange the league is. Just can't get a great pulse on everything. Um, but you watched this game yesterday. I, I hate to be this. Good for Oklahoma. I'm really glad you're back on track. Um, 701 yards total offense. Great to see Dylan Gabriel back in there. They tossed the ball over the place. They ran the ball over the place. I mean, this was a you know three turnovers still. I think it's the reason why this game ends up being so close um, for Kansas, because they're kind of the bigger story out of the big 12 this year, right? They're now at five and two. So the one concern I had about the Jayhawks and it's definitely showing up now is once you get in the heart of the schedule, um, this team, this roster has got really good players on it. Their depth's not all the way there yet. And you saw this last week, like a lot of the guys that we call for being key players, Jalen Daniels, Daniel Hyshaw, Kenny Logan, 
Um, I forgot which receiver went down last week. Was it Lawrence Arnold? Maybe he was, was a, little, a little slow to get up. We saw Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant this week. Um, he went off the field in the aircast. I think he came, I'm not sure he came back in the second half. I forgot they mentioned it in the broadcast when I was watching. Uh, I had that one on mute. Um, you know, when you talk about like what it takes to get through a schedule, th- this is where you start getting hurt, right? And they, they started getting dinged up in that game against TCU in the end. And that stuff kind of carries over. And they look tired and exhausted on the back end pretty early in this game. And so that's that's the big key for them. Trying to find, let's see where the Jayhawks bye week is. They desperately need it because once, like Lance Eipel done a great job. And I'm, I'm very pleased for them. Um, so they got Baylor on the road next week at noon. And then they have the bye week before they play Oklahoma State at Texas Tech. So they need that bye week and they need it badly just to get everybody right on the same page and or you know not on the same page but just try to get them as healthy as possible and try to get one more win the rest of the way get yourself to six and six because right now with the way they're playing it's just difficult to see you know how to go and look they might get a backup quarterback next week in Kyron drones and they might feel comfortable one more week and feel like all right I'll turn this thing around but I think from what we saw like while the offense is prolific just it's so hard when you begin taking a beating like this Throughout, and that, this is why Alabama and Georgia do so well. Like when you get in the heart of that schedule, you're going a week to week basis. You're playing really difficult teams every single week. I mean, uh, look at look at what they're doing now: Iowa State, TCU, Oklahoma, Baylor, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, Texas, Kansas State. Like that is a run where there are no bad teams. Every single team from last week on might make a bowl game and might be decent and could beat most everybody in this league. And so when you're doing that and you're getting, you know, and, and doesn't, you know, when your defense is not very good as it is right now, anyway, that's where this thing gets really challenging for them. And that's the next challenge. Last year, the challenge for them in the program building process was being competitive in games. And you saw in, you know, in the fourth, uh, second half of games to start the season in 2021, they weren't competitive in the second half of games in uh, later in the season, later on like November, they were close. West Virginia, TCU, Oklahoma, all those cans, uh, Texas, they were close and they won one of those games. This year, they're winning games to start off the season. Now the next challenge is building to a point where strength and condition, and look, they got really good. Some of the guys are really good players, NFL players who are out there getting hurt. That stuff happens, but getting you know backups down and getting the entire roster to handle this kind of season in the Big 12 that's where it matters. That's where it's going to, that's the next step in the evolution. We're talking about, Hey, can you contend for a big 12 championship? Can you be in the conversation in November? Maybe they can flip it around and maybe they will be, but right now with the way they look, they're starting to look like they're giving way a little bit, especially the really giving way on the defensive end of things. And that's got to be corralled and corrected when we move forward here. So that's what I'm looking for them. Oklahoma, I'm curious to think, you know, to, to ask this conversation now. We'll talk to Robbie Triano, talk to some of their folks locked on too. And we'll get your all's thoughts on this now. How dangerous are the Sooners at Iowa State, Baylor at West Virginia, Oklahoma State at Texas Tech? How dangerous is Oklahoma the rest of the way in 2022? Are they just going to be the spoiler? Are they going to be a team that is now going to rally, turn this thing around, end up at eight and four, nine and three, six and six? You know, is this just weak? Is it just an aberration against the Kansas team that was mentioned that like was tired before? That defense still has a ton to get cleaned up, a metric ton to get cleaned up for them. 
that group, Brent Venables and Ted Roof, man, it is not going well. And I think they're going to get a lot of kids in the portal next year because it's not going well. Although, I mean, we had to acknowledge yesterday um, one of the craziest interceptions that you'll ever see by Oklahoma in that game. But, like, overall, they're still getting pieced up, right? It's still too easy to move the football on them. Iowa State, we'll see next week. It's kind of a favorable matchup because they're not great at moving the football. So we'll see what happens in that game. But the offense looked a lot better. They they were able to get whatever they wanted, wherever they wanted in the field. Dylan Gabriel looked really sharp for the most part of the game. And um, weird clock management, though, at the end of the half. That was really odd by, by, by Brent Venables. Did not love it. And stuff the goal line. That's what kind of made this game close going in the second half. So Oklahoma. Good to see him back on the win column for their sake. Kansas, the questions that we're asking now, you know, Oklahoma's questions, how legit is it? KU, the question is, all right, can we can we correct? Of course, correct here. So excited to see how, how that goes. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at LOBig12. Follow the show. That's, that's the show account. Follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Till next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.